Curiously Polar with Chris Marquardt and Mario Aguarona. Hello and welcome back everyone to Curiously Polar. We're um, talking about a lot of things very north and very south here on our little podcast. And uh, my name is Chris Marquardt. With me, of course, is Mario Aguarona. Hi there. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Um, we're still diving deep into all the kind, all different kinds of passages. Um, I'm learning a lot here. I'm learning a lot here. Uh, the Barency passage, the Drake passage, uh, and today you want to introduce us to what's called the Northeast Passage. What yes, exactly I was is thinking, that? Yeah, I was. I was thinking that while I am sailing down in Antarctica, which is about at this time uh, on the 6th of March um, <laughs> I you will have uh, still be thinking about the Barents Sea and the Barents Sea is actually the door one of the doors to the Northeast Passage okay and uh, at the same time it's also like the time where my father is uh, um, gearing up for joining our ship the our sailing boat uh, the best explorer and uh, he's planning on Uh, sailing the Northeast Passage as well in the summer 2018. So, uh, so Northeast Passage is pretty much in the preparations and uh, close to all, both me and you. <laughs> okay, so so um, you say the the Drake Passage? No, the 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 Drake Passage is, is one end of the Northeast Passage. <laughs> no, the Barents Sea. No, I the Barents Sea. Sorry, yeah, Barents Sea. I'm yes. mixing up passages here. Yeah, the Drake is further south. <laughs> That is yes. completely at the different side but, of the planet. But it could be it could be one way of doing a circumnavigation, going to the Northeast Passage sure. and then going to the Drake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll could be start, a race. <laughs> we'll start in the Barents Sea, and where yes. do we go from there? Yes, because the the Northeast Passage is uh, a uh, a way of reaching the indies or reaching the east indies so the uh, the uh, china and japan uh, from europe and uh, the barents is uh, william barents's expedition to what is now known as the barency was one of the expeditions that was trying to explore a way of forcing through to china passing northwards Because the south routes they were controlled by other powers, like uh, the uh, the Cape of Good Hope was uh, controlled uh, the route down there, and uh, so uh, along the, the, the south, south was, south of was controlled by the Portuguese. Yeah, south of Africa was controlled by the Portuguese, and right. of course you uh, would have to have uh, to pay them dues, and um, it was not a route that was open to everybody. So there was an interest for going northeast and uh, going north uh, along Norway and then north of Asia, Russia, uh, Siberia, and then coming down through the uh, through the Bering Strait down to uh, the Pacific Ocean. And that would also be a very uh, much shorter route um, than uh, sailing south of South Africa or South America. And um, The alternative is the Northwest Passage that we talked about in a in a previous episode, and uh, and that's also a a possibility. Uh, but if you keep if you keep land on your right and you leave Europe, then at one point you should reach China <laughs> if you right. just sail along the shore. 
And um, but it's not as easy as it can sound because uh, you're passing uh, for a, a large part of this route. You're passing. You have to pass through the Arctic Ocean, and it's the northern coast of Siberia, which is uh, not one of the uh, main uh, holiday destinations for mass tourism. Well, I've been in the south of Siberia twice now, and uh, even that can be quite. Let's yes, say exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's um, that's quite um, that's quite uh, quite something. And uh, and people have been trying to uh, to force eastwards from the uh, from the west end, so from Europe, uh, like parents and uh, other people have uh, tried uh, to force it uh, uh, through from the east and sailing westwards, so through the Bering Street, uh, through the Bering Strait. And, and sailing um, sailing westward so there is um, there is uh, there has been quite a lot of effort uh, in historical times and uh, two people uh, probably made it through one is uh, not unanimously um, acknowledged and it's a Portuguese navigator uh, David uh, Melguero uh, that uh, should have made the Northeast Passage from east to west in 1660. And that's, that's the first uh, uh, person that claims, or the first one that is claimed to, to have passed, to have gone through all the way. And, uh, but the, the first confirmed passage was the, um, from, from the, uh, there was actually from the west uh, to the east, was uh, from, um, Adolf Erik Nordenskjöld um, is a Finnish Swedish explorer that uh, completed the passage in 1878 on his ship the Vega. And uh, so it's not a uh, it's not a passage that has been open uh, for a long time. It's relatively recent, and uh, it has been uh, also um, relatively closed. So not many ships have passed through. Uh, also because of historical events uh, like uh, the period uh, of the Cold War uh, where technology, uh, ice-breaking technology especially, has been, uh, had been uh, evolving and is possible, it was possible to have icebreakers to keep the passage open and to keep the traffic open, but for political reason it has not been used very much for uh, connecting Europe to uh, the East. And now, when uh, the uh, Cold War is over, as uh, officially declared, um, the, uh, there are new possibilities and uh, there is uh, the, uh, a new interest in, uh, in, getting, in opening this route and uh, making it viable for, for commerce, for uh, transferring goods from the east to the west, if not completely, even partially from, uh, for example, gas fields and uh, oil fields up north of Siberia um, over to Europe or to China, um, e either eastwards or westwards, um, you uh, have a, a, a renewed interest. Is it more used to bring things from the west to the east or is it more used to bring things from the east to the west? And does that make any difference in navigation because there might be different currents or winds or things well uh, about the the interest um, there are of course uh, a lot of goods that are manufactured in the east so in china um, korea japan that uh, are uh, 
well sought after in Europe, and uh, and so the the a trade route from the from the east to the west is what um, what is um, maybe substituting the route through Panama. Mm, for example, with container ships going from China over to Europe, to the US and Europe, uh, North America and Europe. These are the uh, connections between the producing nation of a lot of goods and uh, and the consuming nation of a lot of goods. But then there is also like the fact that if you bring the ships one way, you have to bring them the other way around. So there are also things that are produced in, in Europe that need to be taken over uh, and transported over to uh, to the east and that is uh, uh, also connected to the complexity of economy which means that uh, um, some parts some components of the products that are then assembled in the east are produced in the west and other way and the other way around so so i suppose that it, there is an equal interest in going both ways and of course the ships have to come back somehow you can't yes. just build new ships <laughs> <laughs> and just send them over to the outside you can but one way probably. one way ships <laughs> one way ships um but uh, the uh, the uh, goods are is one thing that you can transport but it's like goods like manufactured goods but uh, it's also raw materials and uh <clears throat> the uh, uh from the uh, northern parts of the asian continent you have uh, the possibility or every all the coast of russia in uh, all the way to to the uh, to the east uh, Siberia the Siberian coast is a place where um, there is potentially access to a lot of resources underground resources and we're talking about oil and gas uh, especially but also different kinds of mineral ore um, and uh, and that is also one of the interests in uh, keeping this route open and um, and that is uh, that is the other uh, use of the of the uh, northeast passage and then of course there is the tourism industry the expedition cruising and uh, getting people out in in places that are that have not been uh, seen by too many people before and that are quite adventures but you talked also about the um, the oceanography right and the uh, and the currents and how difficult it is and uh, well there are a couple of places that are particularly difficult and uh, uh, one of the places that particularly difficult is uh, passing the Tymere Peninsula um, so this uh, bump in the middle of the north coast <laughs> this bump towards the north that is uh, a place where there is a lot of uh, uh, well there is a congestion of ice uh, usually and that is the um, one of the sensitive passages there uh, sensitive uh, areas that you uh, that you need uh, to to cross, and uh, and then you have uh, the fact that uh, the northern coast of Asia has a very large continental shelf that goes into the Antarctic, the Arctic Ocean. So uh, the uh, there is no there are few areas that are um, like uh, that have a cliff-like uh, coastline but a lot of the uh, a lot of the coast is actually very flat lowlands and there are uh, big rivers that are um, coming out that are mounting out in the Antarctic Ocean so you have a lot of mud flats 
and uh, the coast is very difficult to navigate. So, so that makes it hard to be close to the coast. So does that mean ships have to be further out to be able to go around? Yeah, I mean, they, both for making it shorter um, and uh, for, uh, for making it safer, you would need to be further offshore. On the other hand, further offshore, you are closer to the ice. So there is a, a, a like a compromise to be made there, so that you can get uh, you can get uh, the best of uh, of the two. So it's uh, it's actually uh, it's actually very uh, very important to uh, to think about safety, but also about the practicality of uh, of taking it open. And uh, even though uh, at least parts of the Northeast Passage remain ice free all year round. Uh, as opposed to the uh, to the northwest passage, it's not totally open all the time. So you need to have special ships passing through the sensitive areas um, and uh, that remain frozen. Uh, so uh, there is a service, uh, a Russian service of icebreakers that is keeping the passage open. And, uh, and so you usually would go to uh, ice-free ports and wait until there is either an open passage or an icebreaker that leads you around. Oh, and, so then, and then there's a... Mormans, for example, is, is one of the ports that you would, you, would, uh, you would wait for. And then there's and an icebreaker uh, convoy going through yes. the ice. Awesome. Yes. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and so you have uh, Mormansk, you have uh, Dudinka... Uh, Petropavlovsk uh, in Kamchatka and uh, Vladivostok. Or, I mean, these are these are harbors where ports where ships would uh, wait until there is an occasion to pass through. And uh, it's uh, it's very it's it's probably fascinating. And uh, I hope I'll have a chance of of passing through one of these uh, mm. with one of these convoys or even without a convoy through this uh, this passage. <laughs> Maybe on an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, maybe on an icebreaker. Yes, that's right. Or like now more and more of the expedition ships are built to polar class uh, uh, specifications to be almost icebreakers. So there is going to be something happening in the next few years. Yeah. So, and even um, now for um, for the construction of new commercial ships, I think there was, it was uh, now uh, this, uh, this winter, there was the first... Uh, 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 passage of an unaided uh, gas uh, ship, gas transporting ship, that is made to break the ice as well. So instead of having an icebreaker, this ship is constructed in such a way that when it's sailing in open water, it will sail, let's say, forward. And in ice water, or like uh, to act as an icebreaker, the ship is uh, double fast, so it will turn around and sail in what we would call backward position, and uh, it will be able to any sails through the ice and breaking the ice. So one one so side is, is one one side is much more reinforced than the other. One side is made of a different shape and reinforced in a different awesome. way, so that it can be used on the ice and uh, and and break the ice. So on this passage, are there any like standing currents that are always there that make one direction faster than the other? Not uh, that I know. So it's not, um, 
it's 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 quite a complex area so there are currents in one different directions so in different places so it's not that uh, there is uh, uh, one current bringing one direction or the other so it's uh, it's actually uh it's actually a very uh, uh, very long passage so you have the chance of experiencing different different situations how long how long would it take if you start at the bearing hmm. sea and go Ooh. down to china are we talking a month or well, are we talking several weeks i talking i think we're talking several weeks i think that the the main uh, the main problem in giving you a time here is that uh, <laughs> changes you would have to it's no it's it's that um, you need to get permission to move and to go like nowadays uh, for safety reasons as well uh, it's important that uh, you stop at, uh, at these ice-free harbors that are the gateways to the northeast passage and and the ships are then cleared but you have to wait until you're clear to go or you have to be coming with a convoy okay. and then there are uh, stops on the way so uh, you would have to calculate that in in the order of weeks up to a month month and a half to to pass through uh but uh like uh, uh the uh if you if you are to go really straight without stopping and you have everything in order like this uh uh like there is um like a gas ship that i know of that made the passage uh, uh going to the west uh, going from east to the west in six days oh wow, so okay. so that's uh that's actually quite a quite a thing um uh, there have been also like uh yachts going through um in 2010 um there were two yachts that actually went through the uh through the northeast passage one of them at least through uh, as a as a part of a like around the arctic expedition and one of them was uh, a, a small uh, uh, trimaran uh, with uh, three people on board uh, berge osland a norwegian explorer and uh, and his, his team and they they went around there uh, they passed uh, with this uh, small sailing vessel and there was also a russian ship uh, a Russian sailing boat called Peter the First, and uh, the captain was uh, Sergei Morzayev, uh, and uh, and he uh, he also like simultaneously passed through the Northeast Passage. But that's not that's not a normal thing. That's, that's not a normal thing. Very, very adventurous people, people doing uh, that. Arvid Fuchs has uh, yeah. passed through the Northeast Passage, and a few other explorers uh, of in in sailing boats. But uh, it's not. It's it's even, there are even less even fewer people that have passed uh, through the northeast passage and the northwest passage. Do you know if there's so any any cruise yeah. operators that offer cruises that you can book as a passenger? Well, at the moment, I am not aware of any complete cruise going east west or west east. Uh, parts of it are, uh, of course, exploring Novaya Zemlya and um, and Franz Josef Land on the west end mm. of the passage. Is, is, uh, there are cruises there and there are cruises in the east going into the uh, Chuchi Sea. But I am not aware of any uh, ships that are taking the cruise all the way uh, from east to west or west to Pro east. Probably be not many passengers 
mm-hmm. either having the time or the finances to do this. Yeah, well, it's it's also logistically uh, difficult, as we were talking about. Like, if you, you take you a never know. ship from one side to the other, then you ought to be able to take it to the way all the way back. I mean, it's uh, it's going both ways. So, so, but uh, there are more and more ships that are passing through. Um, in 2013, there were 204 ships passing, and uh, and there are more and more, like 400 ships. Uh, were supposed to take at least part of the route in 2013. So oh, it's still not a lot. I, I, I would have thought there were more. So it is difficult, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's uh, it's uh, it's a very it's a very adventurous route, and uh, it's going to be uh, uh, the focus of attention in uh, in the re- next few years, especially with the with the new new relationships that are or if uh, are going to be uh, set into service in the next few years. All right. The Northeast Passage here on Curiously Polar. Well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. I hope. So, <laughs> sounds very, very, very <laughs> tempting. And probably not that, not that easy to get on. All right. If you want to find out more about passages, we have had a few here on the show and uh, even back in I think episode was it 22 where we talked about ships we talked about ice classes Um, so that is something that you can go back to if you are interested you will find all episodes of Curiously Polar wherever you find your other podcasts and of course on curiouslypolar.com and uh, we'll be back soon with another episode alright take care and stay cool stay cool Chris stay cool